nature, the Village Tour is funded by Commission Naman with a television license fee. You're very welcome to the latest instalment of the Village Tour. I'm in Le Hinch in West Clare and I'm in Joe's Cafe and I have three great guests here with me. I'll get them to introduce themselves. Hi there, I'm Richard Donworth, the owner of Joe's Cafe. I'm John McCarthy from Le Hinch Surf School. Um, Matthew Kelly uh, from Le Hinch. I'm a drone pilot, a programmer and I play a bit of music too. Okay, well, a lot of strings to your bow, so... Um, we'll start with yourself, Richard. Tell us a little bit uh, about Joe's Cafe. Joe's has been here for quite a while now. We're here, uh, this is our 17th year. So, opened 17 years ago. It's been going pretty good since then. Uh, busy every summer. Uh, it's still seasonal, so it's quite enough in winter. Busy, you know, full out, busy in summer. Uh, a lot of people come in. It's interesting watching... Kids go from being five to being 23. <laughs> so that's quite an interesting thing, looking at families evolve and change through the length of time we've been here. Um, and other than that, it's a great place to be. No trouble. Nice, quiet village. Super busy in summer. Super quiet in winter. Uh, pretty healthy existence here, really. And are you from Le Hinch originally, or did you no. set up Joe's Cafe here because you knew it would be a good place to set up a business like this? Uh, moved here to surf, so I'm from Shannon, uh, moved from Dublin to here 25, 26 years ago, and spent the first seven or eight years here just surfing full-time, and then uh, decided to open the cafe really after that to keep me here surfing, so... Joe sponsors my surfing, really. This is how it works. And John, I think uh, uh, viewers and listeners to In Profile will know a bit about you already, but um, fill them in again. Yeah, um, I started Le Hinch Surf School back in 2002. I started it as a hobby. Um, had fallen in love with Le Hinch um, many years before that. Coming from Tremor as a, as a youngster, um, I used to come to Le Hinch to compete. And yeah, just fell in love with the waves, the beach... Uh, the west coast of Ireland gets the the swells, you know, it's open to the to the swell. Whereas, whereas I was from, yeah, you got waves just a couple of months in winter. So Lynch was the all year round waves place, the place to be. And so, yeah, started the surf school. I was amazed how quickly uh, the kids camps and, you know, that kind of part of our business took off. So lovely Hinch Beach. And yeah, it's just a privilege to live in County Clare up the banner. In terms of the surf school, how has that been owned? Is it you know similar to what uh, Richard was saying that during the summer you're mad busy, and then during the winter that's where you shut up shop and kind of uh, have a bit of downtime? Yeah, it the season has extended. Um, we do school tours, so we have a lot of transition years come. So they'll start coming in March, and they'll come up until November. So that has extended the. The, the season. Uh, we do get less stag parties and hen parties now in La Hinch because, you know, there's less accommodation. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I, well, I, I think it's great, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, we get a lot less stag parties now, and um, but that was always part of the business, you know, big groups at weekends. So we do get a lot of adults surfing at weekends as well. Yeah. What about yourself, Matthew? Tell us a bit more uh, about yourself and what you do. Um, yeah, I grew up in La Hinch in the garage station. My dad was the sergeant in La Hinch. Um, so then went on to do electronics. Um, I worked as an IT manager um, in uh, Ireland and in the UK. I was in the UK for three years. 
And um, then I came back and started working on my own business. I learned how to do coding and was in Letterkenny for a couple of years. I joined the Mountain Rescue there and just when drones were coming in. So I kind of saw how drones could be useful um, in searches. And then because I was getting into coding, I wanted to see if I could manipulate the drone to make it more efficient. So I ended up making an app for search and rescue. Um, and then COVID hit and I moved back home and I've been here since. And how have you found it since you moved back home? Was it, did it take time to readjust or was it like fitting, fitting into an old glove? Um, it did a little bit because I was away for a while. I was in London for three years before that and then I went straight to Donegal. Um, but um, no, it was like coming back again. Like the, one of the great personal lines for me is the music. There's amazing music here. And I've been playing music here since uh, maybe the mid-90s. So, you know, it was great uh, to, to be playing music there and then to keep... keep I'm still playing music down night in Kenny, so it's good, good crack. And what type of music do you play? Is it traditional Irish or more contemporary? Um, no, be more like blues and rock and roll and disco, um, just for fun. So, like, the, the band we're playing in now, we're just... Um, everyone's been playing for years, so we just kind of meet up and no set list. We're just going to have the crack and see what happens. And yeah. And are you a guitarist? Yeah, I play guitar and sing. Um, but there's uh, other guitarists in the band, two guitarists in the band, a keyboard player and a drummer and a bass player. Now's the time to blow your own trumpet or play your own guitar. Tell us how great you are. Are you up there with Eric Clapton or Neil Young or somebody like that or uh, in terms of ability? No, I wouldn't be that, wouldn't be that good now at all. But yeah, but I, I think the, but the quality of musicians around Clare is, is amazing. I think because um, everyone has the traditional Irish background when they grow up in school. So when they go to play rock and roll and blues or whatever, I mean, they're well able to play. There's some really talented players. Um, that traditional music I, I find really difficult and really of respect for guitarists to play trad music is actually very complicated to, to do that yeah. in terms of the town itself Richard you know uh, we'll get to some of the things it's more well known for in a little while but you know what's 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 unique about Lynch you know it can be something people are aware of or maybe not aware of I think it's the smallness of the village so everybody kind of knows everybody so it's you know very kind of family centred uh, very kid-centred. You can let kids out the door at 8 o'clock in the morning and see them again at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's safe from that point of view, uh, which is becoming unusual in the world we now live in. Um, there's, you know, obviously there's the sea, but there's golf, there's music, there's hill walking, there's the GAA, uh, there's soccer... So there's an awful lot of things going on, you know, besides, we'd say, surf and golf, which is what people seem to focus on a lot of the time. But there's, you know, the GA is huge here. Uh, soccer clubs are big. There's soccer over in the scanner. Um, so it's really kind of an outdoor-y sports or an outdoor lifestyle as opposed to sedentary city lifestyles, which are, you know, get up, go to work, come home, feed the kids, get up, go to work. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I think is good for Lynch and what makes it more unique for families. And then just watching over the last 20 years or so that I've been here, there's more and more families moving here every year. There's like five or six families moving here, you know, every year, which is a lot for, you know, a population of this size. And then over a period of 10 or 15 years, all of a sudden that's, 
you know, a couple of hundred people. Um, is, that a, is that a problem or is that an issue or do you think it will become an issue in terms of, we know accommodation is an issue everywhere in the country, but particularly here with the size of the community? I don't see it as a problem. Uh, accommodation is a huge problem in the Hinch. <laughs> um, I'm running a business that haven't, I haven't been able to staff it properly for possibly about five years now because we can't get the people who want to work here can't get accommodation um, and you know so I'm on restricted opening hours since before COVID um, and there's no way around it because nobody can live here because everything is effectively airbnb so that's a whole different series of governmental problems that probably will never be addressed but they do need to be addressed <laughs> You know? Is that frustrating for you as a business owner that you know you see potential lost revenue there that you could be making if you were able to open longer? Yeah, and so one of the you know being a business in the Hinch is, is not necessarily completely focused on profit. Um, you wouldn't open a business here to be you know you'd be better off opening a business in Dublin or opening a business in Limerick or wherever it is. But uh, yeah, no, it's problematic when you're only open nine to five in. July when you could be open 9 to 9 and had been open 9 to 9 all the way up until five years ago when people could get accommodation here um, like I've got two staff members now who they've just been informed that their houses are being put out to Airbnb so they're now searching for accommodation and hopefully they can get something in Milltown or in Quilty and that's the reality of, of, of here really so, John, we'll get to you know what, what you find unique about the town in a moment. But just following on from what Richard's talking about, and with the surf school, are you encountering similar issues? Yeah, well, the accommodation issue over the past uh, five years, especially since COVID, has intensified, you know, dramatically. And I guess for tourists, uh, you know, people want to bring their families here in summertime. And so, yeah, over the past since COVID, the a family will look on the internet to check the cost of accommodation. And, yeah, so the the numbers have dramatically fallen uh, due to this issue over the past few years. So it's a a challenge, and um, I don't know what the answer is, but it's it's there. And it's, um, yeah, like, back in, you know, when I first came to La Hinch, back in 2002, it was the type of place that attracted you know, people you know, were here for a year or six months and you came and you went and you know, people, you know, just having an easy lifestyle or whatever but I don't really know if there's an opportunity for that type of person to come to Lynch anymore because, yeah, I just don't know where they would stay so I know this is a national problem, but you know, Lynch is just part of that. Probably more so because people want to live in Lynch. Yeah. Let's focus on more on positive things then. Uh, what, you know, what would you, I suppose, promote about Lynch that maybe people mightn't be aware of, or you know, like Richard talked about, like the, the sports clubs and that kind of side of things. Yeah, like there has been dramatic improvements in Lynch over the past uh, ten years. Um, the walkway is a huge is a huge benefit now where you can walk the full length of the prom you can keep going um, I brought my kids out for a walk uh, recently it, the day was short we ended up going out at night and so we were walking the full length of the prom in the stars and you can see the sea and there's a safe footpath all the way to the, nearly to the end of the beach but yeah that area the end of the promenade the end, the end of the beach the end of the promenade that is probably the 
the golden moment of La Hinch, if you can get to where the river enters the sea there, that part of La Hinch, um, it's, a, it's a spectacular uh, beach, spectacular area. Um, yeah, La Hinch has got sea swimmers now, which is really cool. It's great to see people going in all year round. That's, that's new. Uh, La Hinch Leisure Centre is brand new, so I've, I've got young kids, so I'm in and out of there all the time. Uh, the gym is absolutely hopping. Young people are crazy into gyms right now, so um, Owen is running a great uh, show down there. Um, and, you know, we've just had Christmas. Bill Slattery organises the annual... Um, you put up the Christmas Christmas tree, the lights are turned on, Santa rolls down the main street in, in a horse and pony, and all my kids are there, and they're there year after year. And that's that's maybe the biggest moment in the community all uh, all year. It's a huge moment. And Bill and his team, Bill Slattery, they do great work um, getting those lights up, look, make, making the town look right. And so, yeah, these are really good things that are happening uh, in La Hinch. Uh, and lastly, the public toilets. I think we've got the nicest public toilets on the whole west coast of Ireland. <laughs> so, uh, so the They're cleaned regularly. Oh, they? They're not just cleaned. It's like going into uh, a dare manor. It's like going into a five-star <laughs> hotel. So the toilets are spectacular. Like You look forward to going to the toilet in summer when you're working down there. <laughs> Of all the things I thought would be promoted about La Hinch uh, today, uh, the public toilets wasn't one of them. And that's no offence to the public toilets, I just didn't think they were going to come up as one. I don't know if you can top that, Matthew. Uh, John, to touch on a good point there, though, it's, La Hinch sounds like a brilliant place to bring up children. I don't know if that's something you'd agree with, or is there something else about La Hinch that comes to mind for you that you you love? Um, yeah, well, definitely for, for growing up in La Hinch, it was an amazing place for us. I don't know if you remember Richie, like the. It's a different world back then, like we had uh, McDonald's amusements. Is this pre public toilets now era? Um, no, the, there was public toilets, they were up the prom there, I remember them as well. Uh, but yeah, back in the old days, uh, we had the amusements, so the McDonald's were there, and across the road here, the, um, Larkin O'Connor's had amusements there. And then the, where the centre is now, there was um, an outdoor pool, it was the same pool, but it was outdoor. There was a huge ballroom and all the big bands of the 60s played um, 60s, 70s played in the ballroom all, all the big show bands we played there and we had a playground and I remember there was like a go-kart you, you sit in like, um, yeah there was a go-kart thing you could, like it was real go-karts with engines on them and you could drive around, I remember that um, so uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Horse yeah. Horseless yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know all those, all the show bands. Every week there'd be a different show band here. Uh, Two thousand people or so yeah. in the hall. Um, I was a kid here, so when you know, whenever that was, that was fifty years ago now, probably. Uh, so the hinge has changed dramatically since then, but it still maintains that whole family thing the whole way through. Uh, which is quite interesting, really. I'm just thinking if you were in Horse Lips or you were, you know, Brendan Shine or Dickie Rock or whoever, you'd love coming to La Hinge because, you know, like a, like a seaside stop, it'd be different from wherever, all the other places you'd be playing, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. Because they'd mainly be playing Limerick, I suppose, or, you know, Tipperary or wherever it is, uh, and then they come down here. But there was some, yeah, like Bloody Morgan and the Pirates and some of those really old... Uh, Irish bands that you know I, I'm only remembering from posters that I read I wasn't necessarily there but uh, yeah it was quite it was funny it was interesting yeah 
I'm an avid record collector. I'm going to have to look for Bloody Morgan and the Pirates. That's the best band name I've heard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to, to add to that, Matthew? You were painting quite the picture for us there yeah. of uh, the Lahinch of yesteryear. Yeah, no, it was great. And um, we had, um, I think it was January 6th every year, there was a pantomime on in, in the, where the cinema was. There was a cinema there and it was a, a stage as well. The stage is still there, I think. And um, Nan Healy uh, lived on Station Road. She would grab everyone around the town around September time, like, make sure you have your bit ready now for the show. And um, so we'd all look forward to it uh, every January 6th. And so we'd all, we'd all do a bit of poetry or song or something, and then there'd be a, like an adult comedy play at the end, I think, and then a raffle for tin USA sorted biscuits. So it, it was great. And um, then I ended up working in McDonald's in, in the cinema, uh, taking tickets on the door. Um, do used to do great things. I think it was, it was a Monday night they would have a horror movie starting at midnight all these great things they used to do <laughs> yeah and I'd be there at like 3 o'clock in the morning on my own sweeping up like after watching a horror movie but it was yeah no, it was you, weren't, you, you were cleaning up by yourself after a horror you weren't like the effect of seeing a horror film didn't scare you to be by yourself uh, well I think it was 15 or something no you'd be like you'd be there sweeping up and um, you'd hear kind of noises from the big hall next mm. door and uh, of course the switch to turn the lights off was behind the screen so you had to go to the end switch off the light and then make your way out in the dark yeah. but it, but half expected to see Freddy Krueger or somebody <laughs> jump out from behind the curtain yeah, you, you, wouldn't know, you wouldn't know what you'd see but it was uh, it was great crack in those days and remember the projector used to break down a bit as well you'd have to like shout up to say <laughs> different world back then it was great though is there like any element of that still around or you know people living in La Hinge today or young people is, what would they highlight as like the great activities or amenities to do um, I guess generally with the playground there was a lot of work yeah. done on the playground um, it's come up in Leap and Bound since then um, yeah I guess I don't know would you know yeah the um, Jared Hartigan was a, a local man who tirelessly worked for the playground to happen and I don't know was it 20 years of work yeah um, and just there was you know a lot of opposition to a playground why was that surely a yeah. playground can only be a good thing. I don't know, but I just know it was a difficult one to to pass. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's always risks, insurance and everything. But fair use to Jared, just a year or two before he died, uh, the playground was finished. And, you know, during the COVID period, my kids were very young and I spent pretty much a year and a half of COVID in the playground. So it, amazing resource. Uh, just great for a, a family a tourism centre to have to have that so the playground's been a huge blessing I think this is a good point at which to um, pause proceedings and take a break uh, we'll be back with the second part of our latest village and tour from Lahinch uh, very shortly Morning Focus with Alan Morrissey giving you all sides of the story Claire FM Okay, I'm back with the second part of our latest village tour from Lahinch, where I'm joined by uh, Matthew Kelly, Richard Donworth, and John McCarthy. And um, Richard, maybe we'll talk a little bit about the uh, business community here. Is it a close knit business community because Lahinch, you know, Lahinch relies on very much relying on tourism? So does everybody have to kind of, um, you know, singing from the same hymn sheet or working together uh, to, I suppose, best maximise the, the opportunities that tourism presents? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, most businesses here, or all the businesses here, everybody would know each other, um, and obviously it's 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 tourist focused. So each business would look at you know in the food sector, you've got different uh, businesses catering for you know different styles. So you'd have you know 
Um, everybody would not everybody would be talking to each other and just making sure that you know there's ten buses coming in on Wednesday morning or you know so to split the crowd amongst all the different businesses that are here um, and that's kind of that'd be it there okay. what, what do you think John I mean with the surf school do you do you work with other businesses or you know there are other, I don't know if there are other surf schools here. Are you like competing against them, or? Yeah, there's five surf schools in Lahinch, so no, we all get on very well, and um, we certainly do work together. So sometimes we'll get a school tour from Limerick. They might have 70 kids. We can only take 40, so you just uh, hand over the, the remainder. But there is, I think, in the business community, there is a sense that in the middle of the summer you are going in fifth gear and let's say you've been going in fifth gear for two months so when you do meet each other there's like a you know oh how are you getting on how are you doing and so there is a there is that element to the summer the summer businesses that you are just keeping your head down you're encouraging each other and uh, things first september is coming and things are going to slow down soon you know that's how it works yeah yeah, it would be a standard 60, 70 hour a week, uh, May, June, July, August. And it'd be like that, even if you had the sufficient staff here, you'd yeah, be flat out. You're just flat out. So you're kind of working those kind of hours. So when you do meet people, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're all zombies. <laughs> it gets a bit zombie-ish by the time August comes around. So you're hoping then that October comes pretty quickly. Fresh wind. <laughs> you're hoping for a fresh wind. <laughs> How do you get through that? I mean, obviously, I suppose you have to, because that's where, you know, make hay while the sun shines and all that. But... Um, you know, like after one week of that, how do, how do you recover to go again for the following week? Or just because well, you have to, you've no choice? You know, have a healthy lifestyle. Obviously, if you're doing a Friday night in the pub, you're, you're going to be destroyed after two or three weeks of it. So it tends to be, you know, it tends to be bed early um, back into work. That's, that's just it. That's just part of these kind of businesses. People don't necessarily see that. But, you know, the owners in particular end up, you know, working those kind of hours. And that's, that's if you don't, you don't succeed. Is it different for you, John? I don't know, like, would the surf school's hours be uh, reduced compared to, you know, a restaurant or a cafe or something like that? Or are you still pretty much flat out? Yeah, it is slightly different um, because the tide, you cannot operate the surf school at high tide. So for a surf school owner, you do get six hours a day where you don't have work. But uh, I think the farmers own, are the ones who inspire us. You know, it's, it's the hay season, you go for it. <laughs> and that's, that's the same with the tourism business. So I think a lot of businesses in County Clare are, are based around that season. Yeah. Do both of you plan holidays to go away somewhere after the summer season here to try and recover? Yeah, January, February, that, that, you know, that type of time. But it won't be before then. <laughs> no. Like this business, the food business is very quiet December, January, February and then it kind of starts lifting you know once Paddy's Day comes it, it starts and once the tour buses start coming around any day after that you can be you can go from having nobody in the restaurant to having 55 people in the restaurants in two minutes depending yeah, there's no gradual transition there's it's no just it's, it's like a light switch on or off yeah exactly which is 
can it's obviously frustrating for kitchens and trying to manage all that but that's again that's just the way how the business works here and and how it how it operates uh, if it's really sunny it's busy if it's pouring rain it's not busy yeah <laughs> simple as that simple as that Matthew when you hear the lads t- talking about that in particular you know are you kind of like glad you're not involved in those type of businesses or what, what's your perspective when you, you know, on those you know the summer season here when it's super busy and then when it gets quieter um yeah well i've worked here during the summer so i know how crazy it can be when it gets busy but um at the moment for myself i'm just um because i'm a programmer so and there's so much happening in, in the world of tech so i've been kind of um learning new skills learning all about ai and how to use ai for programming and so um i'm working on uh, a few app ideas at the moment so um but like you're still in the working when you're working for yourself you never really stop you just keep going till you get tired and get up in the morning get some coffee and off you go again um yeah We've discussed AI on the show before and um, we've gotten different perspectives on it. Just to take a little detour here, uh, do you see the good in it or are you concerned that, much like Terminator 2, the Skynet is going to take over the world? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I was working on, just to give you an example, I was working on just trying out some code and I, I asked the AI, um, you know, can you tell me some nice places to visit in Ireland? And it gave me all the usual places. Uh, Joe's Cafe? Uh, it didn't say Joe's Cafe, but actually did ask about Joe's Cafe, and I had very good things to say about it, actually. But um, one of the places it said, and it said, uh, make sure to not miss Stonehenge and County Meath. So I, I don't think AI is going to take over the world anytime soon. It's like a, a transfer deal, a new Grange headed over to England, okay. When it gets busy, you know, generally are tourists well-behaved, like, you know, when it's busy here, is there much trouble? Is it all pretty good, Richard? Or you know, yeah, like no, it's pretty relaxed. Um, maybe 15 years ago, there would have been more irate type incidences during particularly busy periods. And then I think since the advent of you know the internet, uh, cameras, all that kind of stuff on premises. Uh, customers, you know, 99.9% of the time are really good and really happy. And obviously, you know, if you're dealing with 100,000 people a month, one or two aren't necessarily going to be, um, what's the word, you know, pleasant. It's just, that's just the odds. So, you know, you will have the odd thing happen on an August bank holiday weekend. But apart from that, generally I find people uh, really good, really happy, really, you know. Presume, I mean, the majority, overwhelming majority of tourists who come here would be families anyway. Yeah. You know, like John mentioned, like, no, it's not really stag or hen parties, so it wouldn't be so much singletons as opposed to, like, families. Yeah, it's, it's mainly, it's, it's majority is families. You're not, you're not dealing with um, stags, you're not necessarily dealing with people who are on the tear and that kind of, you know part of society so it's 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 generally families so everything's much quieter um which makes it easier obviously to run your business you know easier for the staff um and easier for the customers so yeah no that's it what's your view on that john would you agree with richard yeah it's um you know the golf club is um i've worked beside the golf club for over 20 years and until the dubai classic 
which is almost five years ago now, I'd never gone in and seen the golf course. The golf course is amazing. Uh, the the design of the holes and stuff like I'm not a golfer so I know nothing about it but the golf club um, I guess it does it it attracts a well to do clientele you know what I mean so um, so for us running a surf school uh, that's a bonus because you've got you know people who are coming down from Dublin for the summer um, and you know they're happy to send their kids to a kids camp um, you know, for a month long or something like that. So that's a uh, so that's that's kind of partly how the Hinch works. Um, you know, people on the east coast of Ireland or wherever have a house here, and so um, so yeah, that's so we get a lot of golfers, and then uh, we get surfers, and we get everything in between. And uh, just actually, just to mention, um, the West Coast Surf Club uh, are very active and have been they've been there for a long time, but um, they. They they have a club. I run a business, you know what I mean. So, but the West Coast Surf Club have a club, and in off season, they bring kids surfing as well. So, a lot of these will be second generation surfers. So, the parents are surfers, and they're now teaching the kids. So, the West Coast Surf Club do a great work in La Hinch as well. Matthew, what's the? Or can you give us a sense of what uh, I suppose non-business owners that live in La Hinch, the natives, think of tourists? The tourists generally, it sounds like. It's fine, well behaved, and all that. Um, you know that you realise the place relies on them, but you hope that they they treat it well and leave it as they found it. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there's any issue with, with tourists in La Hinch. Um, back in the old days, like we had the summer, and for the winter it was just back to the locals. It was like a small town, but it seems like every year now that that's kind of you know it's almost always tourism around the Hinch like this every every weekend it's nearly like summer sometimes if, it, if, the, if the weather's good um, but yeah no there's there's never really issues with um, I know uh, trouble or anything with tourists going usually fine here yeah you can, you can meet people now um, you can meet somebody out and you how, you know you, hello how are you I haven't seen you before and then it turns out they're living here for the last two years so that's kind of how things have changed while you know, 15 years ago, you'd recognise a car coming in from Ennis Diamond that you hadn't seen before. Now there's so many people kind of coming here to live that, um, you know, you're constantly meeting new people who've just moved here or moved here six months ago or, you know, with the advent of um, technology and broadband and all that, you've a lot of programmers living here, you've a lot of, um, you know, web designers, um, remote workers um, and that's you know that makes it easier for these kind of locations to 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 get busier it's not just people looking for you know an alternative lifestyle you've got people who are full-on you know traders who can who can live here as well you know you just need two screens and a, a computer and off you go um, maybe we'll finish with this last section by focusing on you know, going forward, Lynch, what you think it needs or is crying out for, and how you generally feel about Lynch's future. John, I'll start with you on that. Is there any sort of amenity or initiative or something that you think? the hinge needs and that you hope will happen that would that would benefit the place. yeah um as i said the hinge has got the nicest toilets on the west coast farm so the council have done a great job um for i guess to focus on on my activity the surfing um it's still lacking uh, you know some good showers you know what i mean like there will be a couple of showers on the beach they have a bit of a trickle um 
So I think that at different stages the council have talked about um, providing facilities. Like SeaWorld does provide those. Our business, we partner with Le Hinch Leisure Centre. So, so you can get a shower close to the beach. But uh, So that's something... I think there's a lot of people using the beach year-round now. So people are sea swimming all year round. So, so um, I don't know if it needs to be a hot shower, but a shower is a beautiful thing. So that, that I think that's something that could could happen. Yeah. Put yourself, Matthew. Anything you think Lynch could do with? Um, well, I mentioned the cinema earlier. It'd be great to have a cinema back. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. Yeah. Mid- midnight showings of horror films again. Yeah, I'll be there taking tickets at the door. <laughs> yeah, more housing, I would say. Yeah. I thought you might go for that already when you were talking there about people you'd never yeah. met before. More housing and maybe lifeguards every weekend. Um, the surfing community tends to do a lot of rescues that you know people don't really talk about much. But I'd be doing anybody who's in the water a lot is pulling somebody out of the water on a regular basis, um, and nobody necessarily keeps a log of it or makes a big deal about it. But you know, people are being rescued 52 weeks of the year as opposed to three months of the year when the lifeguards are on. And it's good that they're there, but it shouldn't be their responsibility to... Or you'd be worried that if it isn't someone who's assigned as a lifeguard, there could be that one time when there isn't somebody there to, to come to their rescue. Traditionally, people you know, came down to seaside villages from May to August. Now, that's not the case. You've, you've sea swimmers, you've kayakers, you've um, kite surfing, you've surfing, you've stand-up paddle boarding... Um, and those activities take place, you know, 52 weeks of the year. Um, so it'd be nice to have rescue facilities for the 52 weeks of the year, or at least develop a, a centre, a rescue centre of excellence, so that you could then train lifeguards from around the country. Or, you know, so there's, there's other ways that you could add on to that uh, that would benefit the council or benefit other places besides Lynch. Given your line of work, John, be interested to get your thoughts on that, more lifeguards? Yeah, I think um, the lifeguards do a great job. Um, it is, it, there's definitely, there's hot, there's heat waves that come in April or May and there can be 10,000 people on the beach and just because the weather, it, just because it's not official high season, so that is a massive challenge that sometimes it's, it's, you've got the traffic of midsummer. But it happens at the end of April, and there's no lifeguards on, so that's a that's a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish with your, I suppose, your final thoughts on La Hinge itself. You glad to live here? Would you rather be anywhere else, Matthew? Uh, what would you say to somebody to encourage them to move here? Although, by the sounds of Richard, doesn't want anyone else coming here is enough. Uh, yeah, no, I think I've been very lucky to grow up and live in La Hinge. Um, yeah, there's so many amenities here, especially for, for kids and everything. For There's a golf course, there's a lovely walk. Um, yeah, definitely um, think it's a great place to be. Richard? Yeah, no, delighted to make the, de- made the decision to live here. Um, I've had a ball since I've been here, really, and uh, hopefully that continues. Final word to you, John. Yeah, um, no, I love La Hinch. Uh, I think it's a great place. I'm involved in the North Clare Community Church, so I'm involved in just that, the spiritual aspect, the Christian aspect as well. So just to live here, to surf here, to be part of the church here and to be part of the community is a great blessing. 
And uh, that is the note on which we will finish our latest instalment of Village Tour from Joe's Cafe in Lahinch. My thanks to Matthew Kelly, John McCarthy and Richard Donrick. Guys, thanks very much for uh, having a chat with me. This feature, the Village Tour, is funded by Commission Naman with a television licence fee. Clear.